Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today because we got a veteran in the game, somebody that's been doing it for 30 plus years, focusing on commercial real estate and having eight people in just the the high level leadership, ton of people below that to make this the system work. Created a brand new fund just about a year or less ago and already has 50 million plus in that fund. But really focusing on the the breadwinner here is going after, you know, medical office buildings. So for for commercial real estate. And Ben is located in in Newport Beach, Southern California. So excited to be able to have you on here today, Ben. How you been? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Brenda. I appreciate it. Yeah, likewise. So talk to us. Anybody out there that doesn't know who you are, where you're from, and how you are the lead provider and and the main investor here that's going after medical buildings nationwide, do you mind just giving that 30,000-foot view for the listeners? Yeah. So back in the early 90s, I started Alliance Consolidated Group of Companies. We are headquartered in Chicago. You probably hear my accent. Yeah. Uh, that's where our headquarters are. That's where I'm from. I moved to California about three years ago. So you're late. Why that? so late, man? Why so uh, late? So so many it's others. All about, it's all about my kids. Okay. With that being said, we have offices around the country. We have employees that that around the country. I happen to sit in our West Coast office. I'm very privileged. I get to spend my days in Newport Beach, which I'm very grateful for, Brandon. And uh, so, Alliance, just to give you some background, everyone knows is that we are an office, industrial, and retail experts. We are principals. We're not brokers. If you go to our website, alliancecgc.com, you can look us up and see exactly who we are. You can see testimonials on us. You can invest with us. You can click a button. You can read all the various articles. You know, We used to call it a newsletter now. All the folks out there on Facebook, you guys probably know it as a blog. So I write a blog on a weekly basis. It goes out to hundreds of thousands of people around the globe that read our stuff on medical office and commercial real estate. We do webinars that people can watch and see. And so we're out there. And then my personal brand has grown rapidly since I got on social media uh, about a year ago. I've got on social media and, and followers about 150,000 on Instagram. And it's growing rapidly because we offer a lot of value and content. And then our show, Ben Reinberg, I own it, is growing rapidly as well. It's on all the social, all the different podcast platforms. So, with that being said, that's what I do. We are principals. We own and operate and manage commercial real estate, specifically the past twenty years out of our thirty-year existent brand. And we've been focusing on medical, and then six years ago, veterinary properties. So, we decided we were going to launch a new fund for medical properties because we figured that the human body is never going out of style. Yeah. It's pandemic and recession resilient real estate. And we realized that with the multifamily folks out there struggling, it was a way for us to capitalize and say, we're going to grab some investors and show them how we make money and build a legacy for them and their families. And so that's what it's about. It's about building wealth, great tax benefits, 
great stable cash flow and upside. And that's what we offer our investors out there. So for people out there looking to shelter their income, build cash flow, provide great profits, get great tax benefits, that's what my company does. And we've been thriving. And if you look at, you mentioned my leaders, my leaders alone have 200 plus years of leadership team experience. That's a heavy toll when it comes to experience. Experience matters in commercial real estate. And so a lot of people enjoy investing with us or selling us properties because we provide certainty. And certainty goes a long way because it, it can vary in different measures. It could be certainty in closing, certainty in raising capital, certainty in getting loans, certainty in being solution oriented and solving challenges, which come up frequently in commercial real estate. So that's a little backdrop on us and what we do. And we've been doing it for a long time and we'll continue to do it for many years to come. I love it. So talk to me, what were you doing the first 10 years? The first 10 years, we're building office and industrial. We're syndicating office and industrial and retail throughout our career. And we're buying land and developing and you name it. I mean, we're doing various stuff. There's a lot different business. My first 10 years, the business branded, it was more of a regional and local business because the internet wasn't really rocking like it is today. So with technology and the way it is, it's become a global business. And so we own properties around the United States. And that didn't really happen my first 10 years. It was more of a regional. It was coming from the Midwest. It was Chicago area, maybe Iowa, Michigan, Ohio, maybe branch out to Indiana, go as far as Missouri. So that's how the business worked. I love it. And so for the first 10 years, it sounds like you were doing a bunch of different things. And at some point in time, you decided to kind of get a little bit more laser beam focused on what you guys were really excellent at. And it sounds like that's the the office space, you know, for medical and veterinarian and so forth. What kind of came out about that? How'd you get to the point of laser beam focusing on uh, these office buildings versus doing the scattered of a bunch of different things? Well, we're a jack of a lot of trades. I mean, we have divisions that handle different things. So it wasn't that we weren't focused. It was more about when we've been through enough cycles, we said, how do we diversify? And diversification is where medical office came into play. We saw general office, like if you look behind me, we used to own these type of buildings, these large office towers like you see behind me. And we felt that with suburban office, with large TI packages, high leasing commissions, the margins were shrinking. And we said, the large office campuses are really going to struggle, especially with the internet, people working remotely, et cetera. So at the end of the day, we started looking at different niches. We are also industrial experts and retail experts. And so we have different pools of capital that invest in different types of product types in commercial real estate. But we decided almost two decades ago when we decided, we said, what can we produce consistent cash flow and upside and diversify? And medical office was a perfect solution at that point in time. And to date, we've had tremendous success and grew that division incredibly successful. Nice. I love it. Why real estate for you? You know, like when you were first getting started, did you have family members or? No, I know. I didn't come from money and, uh, I saw coming from Chicago, I saw the most wealth built. You know, we have some of the largest icons in the world between the Pritzkers and the Crown family and Sam Zell. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on with icons in commercial real estate. And, and even I think the Rockefeller buildings over there too, right? So, no, that's in New York. But, but 
put the Rockefeller's own property in Chicago. And so yeah. the archdiocese, which is a huge landowner in Chicago area as well. So there's a lot of wealth built through real estate. And I saw that as a kid. And so what builds wealth? And it was commercial real estate. So I'm a CPA by trade. I did that right out of college and I got into commercial real estate. And long story short, it's been nonstop ever since. And so for me, that was the way to get into higher power circles, build wealth, make significant money, and really, you know, live on my mission and what I want to do. And so at the end of the day, commercial real estate was how I've been able to do it and where my focus is. And ever since then, you know, we've been acquiring and buying and selling assets for years. Yeah, I love it. Talk to me, what is your mission? You know, being the the CEO and I, I assume more the visionary within your business, leading everybody else, what does it look like for the future for you guys? What are you guys trying to accomplish? What gets you excited? Well, what gets me excited is building wealth for my leadership team and my employees and seeing them be wildly successful. Yeah. It's, you know, creating a legacy, teaching the business the right way to people to carry on our business. For me, also my personal brand being able to drop content and knowledge to help people in business and entrepreneurs and really teach them that what really entrepreneurship is like and what running a business really means and not having fluff. I don't need to lay naked on a on a McLaren and show you how great I am or walk off a, a private jet uh, and take photos like that. That's not who I am. Most people that are wildly successful, we don't need to do that. We, we let our actions speak louder than our words. And so hopefully... Everyone young out there that's listening, that's what it's about. Let your actions speak for your words. So, Brandon, at the end of the day, uh, for me, it's about giving back in different ways. It could be giving back in content, knowledge, speaking, helping others, helping my internal staff uh, at Alliance. And so at the end of the day, it's really for me about giving back and and helping others and seeing my kids thrive and seeing them be successful in business and really give a lot of people out there opportunities. And so for me, that's what's really engaging at this point in my career. And the people that we've touched and we have a stat, we look at how many kids have we put through college from employees I've worked at Alliance and it's pretty significant. And so these are the, my measuring sticks that I look at. And so at the end of the day, that's what's important to me. But it's really, you know, continuing creating a great legacy for Alliance and to have this company be running for years to come, even after I leave this planet. Yeah, I love that. It sounds like when you're speaking, you know, you get pretty pumped up and excited with the content that you're making now. And, you know, earlier when we were speaking, you mentioned that you're kind of I wouldn't say late to the game, but you, you jumped in just about a year ago. What was the hesitation? And just to clarify for all listeners, it's like, when's the best time to jump into real estate or start producing content and making an impact, if not 20 years ago and not yesterday, today? So there's never a late time. But I'm just curious for you, you know, what was the hesitation? Well, it wasn't really a hesitation. It was more about that I didn't really need to share my life on a personal level with the world. And I was, because of Jeff Weiner's from Chicago and LinkedIn came on the scene and I was one of the first adopters, I was on LinkedIn early. And I have like 30,000 followers on LinkedIn and that's all organic and people that follow me on LinkedIn. And so LinkedIn was something that I was a part of. 
I didn't believe in Facebook. I didn't know much about Instagram. I sure as hell didn't know anything about TikTok until my daughter and I did a video together outside my wine cellar one day. Nice. Probably out there in the ether floating around. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, social media wasn't merely, I think, as impactful to me for business. And I started realizing someone told me and said, you know, you really should create a personal brand. I said, why do I want to do that? And they said, well, you can help people. Yep. You can also promote your company and it will help with your investor base, deal flow, promote the company. And we started doing some analysis of it and they said they're right. And so yeah. long story short, we decided to launch a podcast and it's doing extremely well. Nice. And we have celebrities and ultra high net worth individuals that come on it. And so at that day, it's been kind of a labor of love. Like I've gotten into it. I enjoy it. It's fun. And yeah, I mean, I look back and I said, man, I should have done this five, 10 years ago. Who knows how many following I'd have and, and where my podcast would be. And so at the end of the day, it's good. It's fun. And, and you know what? But I wouldn't trade anything because for the last almost 30 years, I've been focusing on business and work yep. and, and really laser focused. And so social media is a lot of work. I have staff that handles it. Yeah, we monitor it, but it's definitely some serious effort and work and a lot of reels and a lot of videos. But I encourage anyone is develop your personal brand. And uh, it's not that I was late to the game. It was more about we just didn't know the impact that we can create with it. And once we started realizing, you know, because social media to me was something that I would see my kids on. Sure. I could see the, the direct messaging and all the crap that went on it. And it wasn't really me like a tool for saying, well, how can I use this for business purposes? And then we realize we can't, when I start seeing other people in different industries, there's a lot of people that are what I call influencers. And I'm more of an expert. I'm a, I'm a gentleman who developed this craft and then get on social media. So will I become an influencer? Maybe, probably, but that's not what I'm looking to do. I'm looking more of an, to be that finance expert to be able to help younger and older generations to help them, you know, grow and build wealth for themselves. I love it. Talk to me about your family for a moment. When it comes down to your kids, I know you said that you kind of waited to make the transition and move out here for a while because of kids. How many do you have? And ages, yeah. I guess. Yeah, we have, an oldest. we have three kids. My oldest is uh, soon going to be 24. He's nice. uh, working in the blockchain industry. Cool. And my middle son is at USC. Both my boys went to USC. So so my wife and I, we bought a house out here about three years ago. We moved out here and then we said, hey, well, if Ben's going to be out here. We got to open up a West Coast office. So we've had staff here and we continue to do so, grow our presence out here. We just hired a young man from San Diego who's going to be in our investor relations. Excited to have him start on Monday. And then uh, my daughter's uh, in high school, senior in high school, should go in college next year. So and she wants to open up a bakery. That's her business to scale bakeries. And so at the end of the day, we figured that uh, the kids uh, are out here. It makes sense. We're coming from Chicago. It's nice. You know, this is going to be my third winter without snow and ice, and I don't miss it. I yeah. definitely miss the food. Don't get me wrong. And the people. Yeah. But I don't miss the weather. And therefore, we moved out here. I was also looking for where is the highest state in the union? I could, where's the largest taxes, the highest taxes I could pay in the union. So, so you could give back. So I can give back. And so <laughs> you know, that's California, but it's great. The weather's great in Orange County. The people are wonderful, very warm, been very yeah. inviting. 
Um, still building my resources out here. It's challenging. It's fun. But also for the personal brand, Brandon, being in Southern California is a real advantage. And so oh, there's yeah. a lot of contacts out here. We interview a lot of people from here on my podcast in person. So it's been a great experience. And I built some wonderful relationships over the last three years being out here. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm from New Jersey originally, and I don't miss the the weather or the people really, but I, I do miss the food. And out here, there's a lot of opportunity. The people are amazing. And yeah, the contacts that you can make is really for next level, you know, generational wealth. It really helps build up the brand and, and the people that you want to do business with in many ways. So, you know, you're talking about taxes because we do live in a in a state that, you know, we pay a hefty amount. The best part about commercial real estate is, you know, tax advantages that you can participate in is going to be, you know, the biggest one is going to be the cost segregation that you guys jump into, I'm, I'm sure, right away. What does it look like for, you know, some of the most recent projects that you guys are working on? What are, what are some of those, any examples that you can give? Sure. Well, if everyone doesn't know, the tax benefits are depreciation, interest, expense, and property taxes you could take off your income, your gross income at the property level, and that will flow through to your investors. And what we did recently is we had an acquisition in our new fund, and we were able to take bonus depreciation. Yep. And because it was acquired at the tail end of 2022, it allowed us to create a paper loss for our investors. So our investors were able to take that paper loss and net it independently for each of them off of any additional passive income they have on other investments. So that was a real treat for them and allowed them to save some money on taxes. So that's what we do. We look at, I'm also a CPA, so we're always looking branded at different ways to really mitigate taxes for our investors. Ben, question. So in the next couple of years, as you know, cost segregation, they're trying to push its way out. You know, this year it's at 80%. The next year it's going to be 60, 40 and so on. What are your thoughts with that? Do you think something else is going to come up or change or modifications along those lines? I know it's not the end of the world if it doesn't, but it is something that investors in your space specifically, but even you know, anything that's a quarter million or more as an active investor, you should really consider. And I know it helped me out tremendously last year. It was the first time I actually implemented it. We wrote off 1.2 million and we only used a couple properties. And it was, you know, perfect timing because uh, we desperately needed it instead of paying Uncle Sam that much. Well, what's going to end up happening is instead of someone doing a 1031 exchange, they're just going to take their profit off the table because they won't have sure. recapture off that, uh, off those tax benefits. So basically what the government's doing is they're saying, well, you're going to pay us the dollars now instead of us waiting. It's just basically accelerating income revenue going to the government. That's all it's doing. It's just an yeah. acceleration instead of deferring. And so that's the only difference, but either way you're going to pay it. The only difference is you're going to pay it now instead of later. Yeah, that makes sense. So how many branches do you guys have nationwide? Well, we're not really branches. We have offices. We have people that sit in different, what we call satellite offices. So we have one in, say, Orlando to Scottsdale, Arizona, to, say, in Minneapolis, Chicago, East Coast, in Maryland. So it's just a function of where our staff sits and where the staff needs to be. And so a lot of our staff have offices. Some of them work remotely as well. 
And so we've had to deal with this remote hybrid work environment and we've really mastered it. We really have developed great processes to be able to deal with it. Do you think it's more productive now that people after COVID, it kind of just sparked like this new level of people working from home and, and still, you know, trying to make that productive, you know, interface. But then there's a lot of people that they need that people around them, the culture and building that up. You know, how do you guys focus on culture and still mastering having everybody happy working from, you know, remote? Well, I'm not a huge fan of the remote work I'm not, because that's not how I learned business. We always had one office in Chicago or different offices. It was by osmosis where people can go into each other's office with conference rooms. It was more human interaction, human touch than it is now. Now with all the Zoom calls and everything we do, we do meet in person, our leadership team. But the challenging is that we all, we as humans need to be connected. And so the remote really impacts that in various ways. Some yeah. of our employees feel they could potentially be in a silo. And so what we've done is we've kind of enhanced the personal experience where we brought in a human behaviorist and we look at people's personal lives and business lives and figure out how to enhance their personal life through our company. And something that we had to do and because of what exactly is going on in this workforce and with all the remote working and people being in office, whether by themselves or small staffs. And we just realized that we have to really dig into people's personal lives to see exactly what they want. So I'll give you an example. Majority of our employees want to learn about health and wellness. That's important. A lot of them want to be mentored and coached and learn about investments as an investment company. And so we cater to the needs of the masses of our employees. And what that does is it builds a great community. And that's what we've had to learn to do, Brandon, throughout this environment of remote working. I love that. How often are you guys meeting up for leadership? We try to meet at least once a quarter in yeah. personal. And I also go back to Chicago to see my staff there. So I travel a bit. And so, you know, between that and everything we could do and, you know, but we're constantly on these video calls. We're constantly seeing each other as well. So it's not like we're not seeing each other, but uh, in person's a lot different. I really enjoy when I get to go home back to Chicago and see my family and see my staff there and my accountants and attorneys and everyone that's helped us become who we are. And, you know, it's still home to me, Chicago. And with that being said, I still enjoy doing it. And I'll be back hopefully in a few weeks. Yeah, I I agree. Like I'm constantly on meetings as well with our leadership team, but I'm excited. There's several of them actually coming in today for the weekend as we're doing kind of this high level stuff, interacting together. But there's nothing better than getting together and and, uh, building a bond outside of work and then kind of masterminding together of how we're going to truly grow and scale this. So I, I do love that. Talk to me, when it comes down to the acquisition and actually bringing in leads, what I know this is a different department that I'm sure you haven't been in this role for a long time, but what does it look like on leads and how you guys are getting you know quality product these days? Well, we have an acquisitions team, an acquisitions department. We look at tremendous amount of deals every week and yeah. write offers. And this is a tough environment. The gap between the bid and ask is still fairly large with interest rates rising and sellers want a couple of years pricing, which isn't existing. So people are sitting. And at that day, it's it's been a challenge for people to acquire property. I mean, you look at all, I was on the phone with uh, one of our brokers we do business with, and she was telling me all the stats of all the top major commercial real estate brokerage firms around the world and how they're 
their volume is just down like mm. significant double digits. And so it's going to be an interesting year next year. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's down so much? I think that folks are have certain expectations of product styles sure. many tenants running around and expansions. It's too expensive to build new facilities or properties. And with that being said, it's also, you know, deal transaction volume is down significantly with rising interest rates and the expectations of sellers. So there's a real gap. So transactions aren't being done. Now you've seen, because you've been doing it for 30 plus years, you've seen the interest rates uh, up, down, you know, what, what's the highest you've seen in the past just for, you oh, know? God. I mean, it's just a pad. I've seen double digit interest rates. Yeah. Just depends on the, on the, on the cycle and what's going on. Sure. Uh, this environment, you know, who knows, we might be coming close to touching double digits. We're seeing even commercial real estate loans, people talking about eight, eight and a quarter percent right now mm-hmm. on a face rate. And so the cost of capital is now with the amortization schedule is double digits. And so, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to buy a deal at 10 cap, 11 cap, 12. I mean, they're just not pricing them that way. So that's why transaction value is down. Yeah. Now I brought that up for the simple fact that I feel like so many that haven't been in the game for as long as you have, they got really spoiled the last 10, 12 years with interest rates being at historically low. And now they're creeping up a little bit, really knocking out a lot of people that shouldn't be in the game or can't, you know, not necessarily, they just can't be in the game anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Traditionally. So now that the interest rates are higher, people are terrified. The fear index is very high. God knows what's going to happen in the next 12 months or so because people during COVID stopped paying you know, their mortgages and so forth. But now it also kind of sparks another opportunity of focusing instead of price because everybody and their grandmother that has the ability to sell like you said, they want above and beyond top dollar years down the road. It doesn't make sense for us buyers. So now you're kind of forced to focus on terms. And, you know, the good part is the last couple of years, most people have refinanced and got those locked in 30 year, you know, I think a 70% or more have actually locked in these incredibly low two, 3% interest rates. So being in the commercial side in general, that is a, a space, that's a game that really focuses a lot of energy towards terms and getting very creative with the financing in general. Do you guys see yourself focusing and trying to spin the wheel a little bit more on the creative side nowadays as these sellers are just asking for ridiculous numbers? Well, one thing we're asking for, which I think is interesting in this market, is we have different mechanisms to get creative, whether it be you know, doing an upreach structure with our fund to seller financing from a seller, uh, yeah. various ways that we do business and have ideas to get deals done. Maybe it's a 10-year term on a loan and we get the first couple of years of interest only. So there's just different ways we're looking at things to see how to get transactions done but also mitigate risk. Sure. Yeah, I love that. So what does it look like in the next couple of years for the market itself? I know you don't have the crystal ball. I I, I would never hold you to it. And I hope the listeners take everything with a grain of salt. But what do you think is going to take place in the next few years? Well, I know there's $1.6 trillion of commercial real estate debt coming due. So that's going to be an issue. That is going to be an issue. It's going to spur in a lot of opportunity. So I see it's going to be a great buying market. That's why we're feverishly raising money. Yeah. And if your listeners want to make a lot of money, 
they should invest with us because we're going to keep our powder dry and see there's going to be a lot of opportunities where company like us are going to be able to take advantage of it. So that's what we see. We see a lot of opportunities in this market. Now, during those opportunities, because there's going to be all types of real estate, uh, majority, big multifamily apartment buildings and so forth, you know, that people didn't buy the insurance and, and rates are starting to come up. We've already saw, I think, earlier this year in Texas, there was a there was a big company that kind of went under. So are you going to start kind of diversifying and and spreading out a little bit more and jumping into other things besides medical offices yeah. and buildings? We're actually going to look at multifamily. Cool. Uh, we're going to look at jumping back into industrial and other asset classes. And so I think with our pedigree and experience, we're, we're primed to get into multifamily and some other asset classes that maybe we haven't bought in a long time. Yeah. As a company as a whole, what do you, what do you see you guys doing in the next five to 10 years? What's the goals? The goal is to eventually get about $7 billion in assets under management. Uh, we'll have a new CEO step into my shoes in a few years. I'll become the chairman and I'll be getting involved in other things as well. And that's to me like where I see this company going. Nice. What else do you want to get involved in? I want to get involved in uh, buying companies, getting involved in other businesses and acquiring companies and, and uh, seeing what else I have an interest level in developing my personal brand, growing the podcast as well. And then eventually I think I'm going to do some speaking too. So just a lot up on the horizon. Well, man, I love that. As far as the fund goes, shed some light for a second on there. It's uh, It was created last year, correct? How do you guys have it set up? A uh, 70-30 or 80-20? No, it's all IRR driven. There's a waterfall effect for investors to come in. So investors get a preferred return and then they get a piece of the upside based on certain IRRs that are hit in the fund level. And so it's a great investment vehicle. The human body's never going out of style. And so with that being said, it's a really nice opportunity for people to generate cash flow, diversify, and build wealth. Cool. I love it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today, Ben. Uh, Anything uh, that you would love to leave the listeners with? And then afterwards, if, if you don't mind sharing how people can get a hold of you or check out the show and so forth. To leave your listeners behind, just keep going, keep pushing forward. It's a tough market. It's hard to buy in this market, but you just got to keep pushing forward and keep believing. Don't give up. Don't just jump out of the business because you're frustrated because business is tough. Yeah. And hang in there. And to follow me, you can go on benreinberg.com. You can follow me on all different social media platforms to learn about more of my company. And if you're a passive accredited investor, want to invest and build wealth, go to Alliance cgc.com that's alliancecgc.com and personally you can follow me on all social media platforms and feel free to listen to my podcast Ben Reinberg I own it and we have guests from all over the world from success to significance so if you're interested in real estate or wealth or health and wellness and all that stuff that you are interested to develop a well-rounded life that's what we teach on my show and Love so it. feel free we just had on Drop today. We had my friend Orrin Claff. We talked a little about pitching. So if you're raising equity out there, that's a great episode for you to listen to. Love it. Well, awesome. Appreciate your time today, Ben. It was incredible. So guys, reach out to Ben. He is a wealth of knowledge, 30 years in the game and check out his podcast. I own it. Excited to tune in myself. If you guys want to get a hold of me, you can always do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. 
If you guys are looking to check out creditcounselelite.com where we are teaching you how to get up to 500,000 every six months as 0% interest so that you can jump into real estate or diversify into other activities. It's up to 24 months. Check out creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. We can show you how to get a fat sack of cards where you can liquidate into cash and actually be able to invest and diversify into real estate like we have. By all means, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button so you get the newest notification every single Monday. Leave that five-star review. Greatly appreciate all the love, all the support, and we will see you next time. Ben, appreciate you greatly. We'll see you guys. God bless. Thanks, Brian. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.